0: So I had to run a wire yesterday for the, uh, the VMware rack I'm building up. Mm. Just the one wire. Um, you know, that ran from where the modem is to where the rack is. Yeah. And uh, in the process, uh, it required that I wade through knee-high grass, lay on my back in dirt and mud next to an open sewer pipe, and crawl through a spider's web and almost get bitten by several redbacks. That sounds like fun. (laughs) Welcome to GCP Life episode number 56 for Friday the 19th of January 2024. GCP Life is sponsored by Mantle Group. At Mantle Group, we make your Google Cloud solutions possible. And I'm your host, Stephen Bancroft. On today's show, we're back with a Happy New Year. Google cuts some fees and is in hot water. The security breaches are flowing. What is going on with security in Australia? Plus, we take a look at the Google AI Summit. But before we get to any of that, I'd like to introduce the co-host of the show, Ian Brown. How are you, Ian? I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Happy New Year. Good. Yes, Happy New Year. Oh, good to be back in the seat. Good to be back in the seat. I'll tell it, you what. It is indeed. Good to be back. Um, and,
1: and, and I hear Mantle Group now. We're not Kasner anymore.
0: Mantle Group now, that's right. There is a bit of a, uh, a rebranding going on, so to speak. Um, for, for those of you that aren't in the know, uh, all of the Mantle Group groups, so so to speak, uh, are now becoming uh, one brand, uh, yep. Mantle, simply Mantle Group.
1: Yeah, we're rolling all up into, into just one and going out as Mantle Group Cloud and Mantle Group Data and there's like four, that's four right. different it's domains a- there.
0: More, more of a domain split, that's right, rather than yeah. a um a branded sort of split. Um whereas before we had, you know, Casno did the Google Cloud, um uh, help me out here. And yeah, CMD C- C- <laughs> C- C- does AWS. C- um, AWS thank you. As an X does Azure As, uh, Azure, yep. 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 yeah.
1: And then a whole heap X-N-X-R, of data yep. and yeah.
0: And it just got confusing. Honestly, some of the, the data and AI, and I I didn't even truly understand the separation yeah. there between some of them. Well, there's um, so much
1: overlap too, because yeah. there's lots of stuff that we do inside of Kasner, um that is data-related and AI-related and, AI and security-related. And now we've got a security brand and we've got a whole heap of mm. data brands. And and so we're not just a cloud uh, consultant where we we do a lot of everything, but... Um, but we only play in the Google space, so now they're sort of making it easier to to cross domain.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's pro- there definitely going to be some of us, uh, probably myself included, that may be interested in branching out a, just a little bit to some of the other clouds and just uh, looking at what there is. Because for me, um, it's that uh, that hybrid hybr- hybridness, right? Mm. That interconnectivity. And that's the area I like to play in, right? Yeah, um, where you've got. Uh, you know, big pipes and 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 big infra connecting stuff together. That's 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 the area I like to play with, and that's kind of what what I my, what my pitch my, my input to the uni thing was. Mm. Um, and that's the idea behind this whole VMware thing, but uh, yeah, enough about me.
1: <laughs> so- <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm much the same, I've used yeah. AWS and Azure before in anger. Uh, and I, I've, I've always gone back to Google Cloud because mm. I find it the most mm. intuitive. It's the, it's the easiest to understand what service goes where. It's not like AWS where you've got sixty-two trillion services that do the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um. And Microsoft is, the the UI there is horrible, but uh, but they're very similar to Google in the way that they structure their services.
0: Yeah. Just do it all in Terraform. You'd have to deal yeah. with the UI. Yeah. Well, that's true.
1: <laughs> you do have to use the UI for
0: some things, though. Yeah, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. Uh, you got any other news? Anything else mate, happened from the break? Uh, mate, when it comes to tech adventures, my entire holidays was a tech adventure. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my young fella got a whole heap of retro gaming systems for for his birthday and Christmas, which are only like mm-hmm. six days apart. And so we spent the most of the holidays sort of setting them up and making sure things work and fixing things that don't work and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um,
0: and then... That's a labour of love. That that is 100% <laughs> a hundred
1: percent a labour of love. Yeah. And then um, earlier this earlier this year, not that you can get much earlier than this year, but um, earlier on in the year, we we upgraded his PC. So he mm. he bought himself a case and a and a, a liquid cooler that goes on on his existing machine. But because it was a proprietary mainboard in it. The cooler didn't fit because it's got a proprietary um, hole pattern, mm-hmm. and I couldn't I couldn't make
0: it janky and make it fit. No, um, no, that cooler needs to go down on that CPU with uh, the correct pressure as well. In yeah, order that's to right. Conduct. Yeah.
1: So look, we we just went out. I spoke to my wife, and I'm like, uh, you know, he spent all this all this money of his own. Let's um let's just help him out a little bit and, and supplement a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So we did. We bought him a new main board, CPU and memory, Um, and he's got the full RGB-ness
0: now. (laughs) These kids in their RGB. Oh, it's RGB (laughs) everything. uh, My computer's down under the desk. I don't even see it. Why does it even need RGB?
1: I'm very much the same. It's like if it's got flashing lights, it just distracts me and I don't want to see it.
0: Exactly. Even the even the perspex sides on cases, I'm I'm not really a fan of. Either. Oh yeah, well uh, he's got uh, a glass
1: yeah. side on his case, and he's got RGB in the front of it. He's got RGB fans in the back of it, and he's got RGB RAM and RGB um, cooler, and it's, it's like like the whole thing just just sort of it does this rainbow effect where it sort of uh. cycles through the colors. <laughs> And it it's makes a solid, yeah, nah, yeah, solid, yeah. Nah, solid, yeah. Nah, yeah. from me. On that. <laughs> nah, yeah, nah,
0: mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, cool. Yeah, I mean, I've been, been, you know, stuck in the tech adventures as well. Setting up, I got a, I got a rack. I managed to score a half height, uh you know, 100 mil deep rack. Rarest, hence teeth those things, really yep. difficult to find, uh, at a reasonable price. Um And uh, started racking my old gear in there and setting up the new VMware lab in there. Um, as you would have heard in the cold open, I had to run a cable <laughs> from the, <laughs> from the current Fi modem across to there to make that set up the new core switch. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's all, it's all running at the moment, uh, where I would expect it. So next thing is some, uh, I think I'll go with the TP-Link stuff Yep, and, uh, set up some of those 635s and, and, uh, yeah. the TP-Link Armada Jetstream combo.
1: Yep. And run the Armada controller on your, on your lab. That's, That's it, I'll
0: run in the VMware, yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, in the Proxmox machine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Perfect. Uh and outside of that, I got a uh, a Pixel Pro 8.
1: Yeah, I saw I saw this. Mm. And
0: Pixel Pro 8, uh, it was, the purchase was approved because my daughter dropped her phone and where she happened to drop it was right on the power button so you couldn't switch it on or off and it was just stuck in a cyclic reboot. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't fix it. So I've kind of got this uh, mantra these days, just don't bother with old tech, just buy the new thing and then just cycle it through. Yep. Um, so I bought myself a new phone and then shuffled all the other phones down and, uh, yeah, look, I mean, I've had it less than a week. Can't really I, – I mean, I have noticed I previously had a 2022 Pixel 7, hmm. uh, not the Pro model, just the this base model, and uh, slight performance increase. It does detect the fingerprint reader much better than okay. the 7 did. Um, and uh, the, the, the GUI is clearly snappier and sharper, and a lot, of, a lot of things happen much quicker in terms of that. Yeah, um, some of the AI stuff haven't got into that just yet, but I have noticed that a couple of videos I have recorded, the sound is significantly better. Yeah, right. They, okay. They did They did market the sound as being something that was improved, and yeah, you can hear things a lot better yeah, on nice. the sound. Um,
1: yeah, because they've got Gemini AI light built into the... The Pixel 8 Pros, it's,
0: yeah. Yeah, the model's in the phone. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what's going to happen in the future and where that's going to go. Yep. Um, it does have this best take thing, but I haven't sort of had an opportunity to get photos of the family yet and sort of ha- use that. Uh, what else could I say about it? I mean, that that's it at the moment. Like I said, I've only had it I had it less than a week, so I haven't had much opportunity. I'm still going through and you know logging in passwords and finding. <laughs> oh, and I, I went I went went to use my credit card the other day. I went. Oh, gee, okay, I got to set that up just to stand there like look like an idiot going. Oh, this is not working. Do the, the multi factor. Oh, now it's going. Yep. So yeah, I mean, um, I'll, I'll give you some more reports as I find features in the phone. I'll, I'll let you all know. Sweet. Uh, but I think I did get a little. Um, Google sent me a little, when I bought it, you know, a little pin and a little note saying, thanks for being amongst the first. Oh, for, right. For buying the phone. <laughs> so that's nice. That'll go in my yeah. bag. With nice. All the other pins. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that was that. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm still moving into the house here and still getting things set up. So, yeah, it's been an interesting ride.
1: Yeah. I bet that uh, that fireplace in behind you is going to get uh, a bit of use in winter, I suspect.
0: Oh, I don't know. Central Coast is pretty... Pretty good climate, so oh, I, I don't know. Yeah, I actually, want to pull that out. The computer keeps this room warm enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's like literally walking into my son's bedroom last night, and he had all the doors and windows open, and it, and I opened his bedroom door as I walked in because he has it closed so that so that he doesn't disturb us because he screams his head off it when he's playing games. <laughs> and you walk in there, and it's just like this wall of heat hits you. Heat, <laughs> uh, no, it's it's like twenty four degrees down here. How is it twenty eight or twenty nine in your bedroom?
0: Cooking. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, literally. You yeah, Look at the temperatures on his computer because uh, one of the things he did was make the uh, the cooler change color based on the heat. Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of red. Yeah. And so it was sort of sitting up around that orange, like orangey, sort of getting close towards
0: red. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> that reminds me one of the features of this phone is it has a thermal sensor in it. So cool. you can start up the thermometer app. Uh, here we go. I'll just show it. Show you, the thermometer up here, right? Right, and I can point it at something, bang, and there you go. It's measured the temperature 31.7. Wow, right? I point it if I pointed it, uh, pointed at me. Oh, oh, 30, 30.8. That's a bit low, yeah. Bit <laughs> Maybe it's hit your glasses There's 31.7, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it works quite well. You can measure the temperature. I think it's this little white, little white sensor on the back here. It's, um, yeah, okay. That's bit, what is it, FLIR? Uh, yeah,
1: flow sensor, yeah. All
0: right, should we get on with the show? Yeah, let's do it. All right, first item for the year is a little Chrissy present, I guess. Google says it'll stop charging fees to transfer data out of Google Cloud.
1: Yeah. That's this, them apples. Yeah, yeah this is, this is a, a... So, they got criticised, basically, um, from regulators about... And so did Amazon and Azure for that matter. Um, they've all been criticized on how much it costs to change cloud providers. And so Google instituted this thing where um, you can move BigQuery, BigTables, Cloud SQL, Cloud Storage, Data Store, File Store, Spanner, persistent disk out of Google Cloud, but you've got to be approved first. So you've got to fill out a form. Google will come back and approve you and then you have 60 days to move that out. Now, we had a chat about this the other day, and you think about the amount of data that, that we did on the Unisuper project. 60 days just ain't going to cut it. <laughs> ain't
0: going to cut it. No way. So, it it took, took 60 days. Two of the servers, it took 60 days for them to yeah, synchronize. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then, so what happens then is if you can't complete it within 60 days, then um, you have to submit a second request. Um, And only – and there's a big caveat in here is only once an approved customer's data has been transferred out of Google Cloud and they've terminated their cloud written agreement, will the data transfer fee be waived? And that's via a credit on your bill.
0: A credit on your final bill. Yep, on your final bill. Right, right. And then if you're you're in the black at the end of that bill – they send you a check. I'm assuming so. <laughs> guess so. Nullify everything. Who knows? Uh, nullify. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I, I guess it works. Yeah. I mean, if you were do, if you're doing a big project, exiting project, you'd have you'd have an account manager or a, or a CE or something involved anyway. So they'd yeah. be doing the the request for you. You'd imagine. It's it's interesting because th- this all came on the back of
1: um, in 2018 Google, uh, so Cloudflare launched the bandwidth alliance in 2018. And Google is amongst the members. So it's Google, Alibaba, Microsoft, Oracle are all members, not AWS. Um, Mm. But Google and AWS have been publicly criticized for their egress fees. So AWS came back and said, oh, we don't charge separate fees for data switching to other providers. And then 90% of its customers pay nothing for data transfers, which I find unlikely.
0: How could they make that claim? 90% of its customers pay nothing for data transfers. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. Maybe 90% of their customers are that are exiting don't have large data sets.
1: Maybe they're under the Let's they're under that ten terabyte mark.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's how they can make this audacious claim.
1: Yeah. But then, by that same token, Google can make the same claim.
0: All right. Well, I mean, look, it's good. Um, it does sort of make things a bit sort of more even, I guess. And uh, I mean, this was this was sort of pushed along by the EU, wasn't it? And they the regulators there said, look, this is this is unfair. You're making it difficult to change um, change competitors. That
1: yeah that that sounds about right. Um, I do remember reading something about the EU in this article yeah, so there you go uh, all public yep. service providers operating in Europe might eventually be forced to stop charging for egress by the EU uh, their recently enacted data act
0: um, mm. yeah so so would that be would that be egress uh, in the case of when you're exiting the cloud or egress?
1: Yeah, right. so it says Quite the Data, the data mm. Act requires a gradual wind down of switching charges, including charges for data egress. Now, I don't know whether they're talking about switching charges as in switching packets or right. switching providers. So that's not clear, um, including ch- charges for data egress within the next three years, albeit uh, with carve-outs for multi-cloud deals. Right. So who knows?
0: We'll, who knows? Only time will tell. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um because that's a killer that egress is a killer. You know one thing oh. I wanted to set up I'd like to have um you know a server here and a wide guard connection to to a to, to a VM in in Google Cloud and then have that be my my public IP rather than have my public IP back here on prem, mm. right? Uh but you're going to get killed with the with the, the egress charges, right? So yeah, if the egress charges go away, that'd be nice. Would be. be nice. Be really yeah. good. Um, all right, it remains to seen. Yep. All right then. Uh moving on. Uh Google helps get Humboldt cable between Chile and Sydney off the ground. This is cool. Yeah, This, this is a bit is of a really first. Cool. Um this is cool because up to now there'd been no cable connection between Australia and South America. That's right. This is the first.
1: This is. Uh and it's it's interesting, it's been a, a goal of uh OPT, which is the telecommunications provider uh, over in Chile, uh, for a number of years to have this cable in place. And um, Google have stepped in and said that they're going to support it.
0: Mm. So they're doing it in partnership with Vocus. Uh, I have a couple of friends that work at Vocus. Okay. Um, um, and, uh, yeah, I imagine they'll just be um, – articles I've read doesn't – go into who's going to be – oh, I guess Vocus will be operating it. That'd be my assumption. Yeah. And Google will be its primary user. Um, But it sounds like they've done a lot of groundwork up front, Uh, years of dedicated work. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing how much work goes in up front. Uh, It doesn't tell us the path of where this is going to go, although – uh, we know that telecoms of French Polynesia are involved, so it's probably going through some of those aisles. Yeah, more than likely. Yeah. There you go. More bandwidths. More bandwidths, more bandwidth, yeah. Because uh, if, if you look at the map at the moment, all, all the connections, obviously, there's a lot between US and Japan, mm. uh, and we have some directly to the US, and then US and Europe, but... Yeah, so to get to South America, you've got to go all the way around the world. Yeah. That kind of doesn't make sense. Why not just have a, a one straight across?
1: Yeah, because most of our cables go from the eastern seaboard through Guam and then over to uh, the west coast of the US, and then you've got to go down the west coast of the US
0: into, into um, South America. That's right. Cool. All right. Now, going from that to uh, not so great, uh, <laughs> Google, may fa- Google may face billions plus in damages from TPU patent spat.
1: Yeah, look, this. Uh, I, I, had a, I had to read this article a few times um, just mm. so that I could get it through my head what was actually going on. So Google's tensor processing units, the TPUs that, that power their AI, um, it is alleged that they have, uh, we'll use the term, stolen. Maybe uh, the design of that from this academic researcher by the name of Joseph Bates, who started a company uh, called, Singular. called Singular Computing. Yeah. Mm, mm. So now look. Yep. Go on. No, I was I was going to say. So this all happened. The, like this is this dates back to 2019. So it's four years old already. Mm. Um, when he filed, a, when uh, Singular filed a lawsuit uh, in the Massachusetts federal court against um, Google. And there, he's alleging, this uh, Bates character is alleging that, the, that he has disclosed various technologies that he'd come up with to Google under an NDA um, on a number of occasions between 2010 and 2014. And uh, during this time, uh, he had made Google aware the technologies in question were patent-protected. So he's essentially alleging that Google has stolen this tech. Um, of course, Google has repeatedly denied this because it would be stupid to admit that you have. Um, of course. <laughs> but there's, uh, so a spokesman said, Singular's patent claims are dubious and currently on appeal. They don't apply to our tensor processing units, which we developed independently over many years, and we look forward to settling the record straight in court. Now, it's interesting yep. because they're not going to court yet. About this particular claim. They're going to court uh, this week, where Google will present arguments as to why Singular's patents should be considered invalid. And therefore, they'll have the entire court case thrown out. Right. They're just going straight for the jugular. Yep.
0: Yep. You know, th- this to me, this kind of thing sounds like a case of divergent evolution, mm. right? it was a problem so the problem specifically was an architectural design to execute a large number of low precision calculations each processor cycle yep. that's what they're specifically they're arguing over hmm. that was probably a a design a a architecture there was a need for that at the time and it was independently developed by two separate groups at the same time happens all the time yep and, uh, you know, maybe uh, Singular has just got their nose out of the joint because uh, Google was was funded and better backed and sort of ran with it Yeah. Uh, at, at, at more, of a, you know, just sort of ran with it better than Singular did.
1: Well, and that's it because you've got to have a look at the evolution of risk processes. So mm. risk process, there are multiple risk processes on the market that, and, and have been over over the last like three or four decades. Um. That are all doing pretty much exactly oh, so, the same thing since the eighties. Yeah.
0: risk has been a big thing since the eighties. Yeah, well,
1: <laughs> four decades. say. <that's laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: God, oh, I am not no, sure no I <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, you've just got to have a look at that technology. So risk mm. risk evolved in in multiple different ways to become. This architecture that now we use on our phones, and now we 're using on pcs and we use in the cloud and it 's a far better technology than than a common uh, or a complex
0: instruction complex set. yeah yeah well, it makes sense hmm. right well, once again it's, the idea has just evolved independently, um, less instructions, yeah. less power yep that's good right yeah. exactly how you architect that I mean yeah there're going to be differences there right, and then at that level, how that's architected, you could show that there are blatant copies, but the, the idea is going to be there. It's like the idea of a fork, hmm. right? Like one manufacturer is not going to come along and say, oh, you copied my idea of a fork. No, no, no. It's a thing you stab into your meal to eat yeah. your food, right? The idea is good, but how you make the fork is yeah, slightly right. different. Yeah,
1: yeah. It look, this is going to be an interesting one to watch uh, because Google's now in the fifth generation of their TPUs. Um, and it's pushing the silicon as an alternative to GPUs for cloud-based AI training. So, look, they're, they're really big in the Google ecosystem. are mm. uh, putting
0: it in phones, putting it in phones well, too. Well, that's right,
1: because you, yeah. your Pixel 8's got the Tensor chip in it. <laughs> it does. Um, and things like Gmail and Google Maps and YouTube, they're all built using that, uh, that technology. But yeah, old mate is uh he's looking for between one point six and five point one nine billion with a B in damages. Oh, in, the in the form of, of a lumps. lump sum payment, which yeah. Uh can't
0: see it happening. Yep. <laughs> can't see it happening. I can see Google. Good luck dra- that one, buddy. I can see Google dragging this out at infinitum. Yeah. Once again a solid yeah nah.
1: Yep. <laughs> 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 no nah, yeah nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, let's look. move on. Let's have a look at uh, a new feature here that you brought to my attention, Ian. Um, custom tags in Cloud Deploy. Or, or custom targets. Oh, sorry. Custom <laughs> targets. Custom targets in Cloud Deploy. Um, I was, was about to say, oh, I don't really know what's going on with this one, so you'll have to explain it to me.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's cool. Um, yeah, so this is a pre-GA uh, offering. So, obviously, there, there could be bugs in it and, and all the rest of it. It's like limited support type thing. Uh, but basically, Cloud Deploy now uh, can be targeted at a custom target as opposed to the predefined target. So, uh, the, the supported target types is finite. But with custom targets, you can deploy to other systems besides the supported runtimes. So, how do you do this? Uh, you create a custom target in your scaffold YAML. And you target you, you sorry you point to that target
0: with your uh, deployment uh, YAML. Right. So you can just run arbitrary commands. Doing this is that is that how it works? Sort
1: of. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it just it's a way of targeting different systems, not just your standard. Oh, we're going to deploy to GKE or we're going to deploy to Cloud Run. No, now you can deploy
0: to a whole heap of different stuff. And where where might we use this? Do you think? Uh,
1: so some examples here are, and there's a there's a cloud deploy samples repo on the page on the overview page that we'll link in the show notes um, down the bottom of that sort of a little bit little uh, next one up from what's next. You can see the custom mm. target examples, but they list their GitOps, uh, Vertex AI, Terraform, uh, Infrastructure Manager, and Helm are the uh, custom target examples.
0: Well, that's cool. Gonna have to uh, give this a little spin, I think. Yeah, give it a try. And have you upgraded uh, to Open Tofu yet? From Terraform, I've not. Ah, I, I have not. Is is that an upgrade or is it a side grade?
1: Well, it's sort of a pushing Terraform to the side and using the the perfectly open sourced Open Terraform, uh, right, which was yes. originally named OpenTF, but mm-hmm. then uh, I think. I think Hashicorp might have got their knickers in a twist about it, and so it was Nick renamed Open Ter- uh, Open Tofu.
0: Open Tofu, right?
1: And so instead of typing Terraform and all the rest of the command, you just type Tofu and then the rest
0: of the command. Right. It is API right. compatible. Right, and I bet in the marketing, the T and the F are capitalized. Uh no, no, actually they're not. <laughs> oh, They've missed out on an opportunity there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Let's get on with some security items, boy, uh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh mate! Uh, My inbox was is...
1: just filled with breaches over the holidays. I'm like, oh no!
0: <laughs> what is going on with breaches and security in Australia at the moment? It's it's almost like we're asleep at the wheel to a degree. Yeah, yeah. we're yep. literally
1: just getting swatted by every single cyber security attacker out there.
0: Soft target.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah, well and we I said that to, last year. Like June last year we went, I think we might be a bit of a soft target.
0: And yep. Yeah. Yeah, been too lack been too you know too, yeah. too lackluster and you know having laxadaisical. Really laxadaisical. that's yep. right. Yeah. We're this we're sort of way. we're still
1: in the opinion that or of the opinion that we're we're the little fish in the big ocean.
0: Yeah. And- well, uh, just before we went to air, I got an email from uh, Have I been pwned? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've been pwned. Um, the latest breach: the NAS.API, seventy million uh, stuffing creds. Wow! They're not just a rehash of existing, um, you know, stuffing creds that are around. Troy Hunt has there's an article I was reading of his, and he said uh, that th- up to thirty three percent of the uh, credentials are unique. Oh wow! So out of seventy million, it's significant.
1: Yep, that's huge.
0: Mm. Email addresses and password.
1: Yeah, that's not ideal
0: at all. Uh, but yeah, look- So we- yes, so I mean that. So you'll be looking out for that one. So yeah, it's another one. But yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah, a lot.
1: And I just had. I was talking to uh, friends the other day. Uh, they're getting a lot of uh, phishing emails that are that are coming from the CEO of the company with just with a random email address and and I'm really surprised that we haven't found a way as email admins to thwart these. So I've embarked on
0: Oh a, boy, a, I got one the other day and boy it it was good. It yeah. got through the Google. It was in my Gmail. Yeah. And uh oh, it looked legit. It totally and uh I had to double check this thing and, and read about. It. I didn't click anything on. I it, had a it read, and there were a couple of little giveaways in there. But if you, you weren't thinking about it, then you'd probably oh. sucker for it. Yeah, yeah, you'd and yeah, on mark it. that one as phishing straight away.
1: Yeah, but but I'm just I'm surprised that we haven't as a as a technology industry come up with a way to go right. This in this company, here's the CEO of the company, and here's that email address. And if we get an email that comes from someone that purports that says that they're in their uh, from so shows like in our instance, um, Simon Poulton, for instance, but then has some rando Gmail address or rando Hotmail address attached to it, that we just ditch that.
0: Is that not what happens now? No, that's not what in happens way.
1: now. No, you've got you've got to manually set that up if you want to if you want to do it, and you've got to go to the person as a very manual sort of like radio. Mm. What's what are all the email addresses that you're likely to send to our staff from?
0: Mm. It, it does, it does seem like something has been missed. You're yep. right. Yep. Well, I've got a little side project. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> anyway, let's get on with these breaches. Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll kick off with with the, your cult. Yep. Um, your cult breached. Uh, I made a little shortlist here. Ninety-five gig of data leaked by a group, a mob called Dragon Force. That's it. They, uh,
1: yeah, this one happened uh, on the. No, it was reported on the 28th of December. Uh, apparently, it had been the week before that it happened. So, that's one. Um, and so they're working with the with the Australian and New Zealand cybersecurity centres and the Office right. of the Australian Information Commissioner and the Privacy Commissioner in New Zealand. Um, obviously, they're a multinational. Yep. Um, yep. But, yeah.
0: Um, Eager's Automotive, uh, IT breach that affected new vehicle sales. Yep, they, they claim, and again, we, we've heard this a number so
1: many times before, it's not funny, but based on investigations to date, and I'm quoting this, uh, the automotive retailer said in a statement, based on investigations to date, the company is in the process of notifying a small number of individuals identified who may face serious risk of data misuse. Nothing to see here.
0: Nothing to see, <laughs> here. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Everything's fine. We'll just sweep this one under the carpet. Yeah, we'll see how that pans out yeah. for them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who else we got? Uh, St. Vincent's Health. Yeah, St. Vincent's uh, Health, Australia. What, this was a big one. What, what, what drew my attention to this one is it will take some time to investigate. Oh, <laughs> <it> <laughs> playing always, that card. It always
1: <laughs> does. Uh, but yeah, this one is that they have exfiltrated um, quite an, a bit of data and uh, they're trying to work out what data exactly has been removed and they claim mm. is a complex and highly technical activity. Uh, well, sounds it sounds to me like they probably don't have the right uh, security tooling in their environment.
0: Yep, yep, yep. And, uh, you know, th- th- this is actually, th- this is an interesting sort of sign of the times because you're watching the tennis now, right? Hmm. Watching the Australian Open, right? Watching, basically, it's the um, the Djokovic show, <laughs> <laughs> um, but CyberCX, Right, so uh, one of these cyber groups, obviously, they're going to be a. I assume they're a competitor to um, cyber and Mantle. Mm-hmm. Um, they're advertising like crazy uh, on there, and and it's it's just I've only mentioned it because uh, St. Vincent's Health is has engaged CyberCX, cyber a yep. to do their investigation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I tend not to. I listen to the tennis. I don't so much watch it. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, boy. You want to sit and watch a tennis with me one day as an experience? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no, it's hard enough with my wife sitting there, and, and the minute the game is over, she she changes the channel to a different tennis match because
0: yeah, yeah, she yeah, cannot
1: yeah, yeah. stand listening to to any of the talking heads interviewing this poor this poor tennis player that's been slogging his oh, yeah, yeah, butt yeah. out on court for four hours. Yeah,
0: yeah. Some of them are cringe. Oh, yeah. 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 Moving on, hackers hit Victoria's court recording database. Uh, so in this one, some court recordings were stolen.
1: Yeah, so they say uh, the the court services Victoria CEO, Louise Anderson, has said the potential access is confined to recordings stored on the network. No other court systems or records, including employee or financial data, were accessed. Um, not sure what they want rec- court recordings for. I'm sure there's a there's an exploit there somewhere. Um, maybe detecting who the criminals are.
0: Yeah, maybe to get some inside information on a case or sell the information to someone that's that's mm. that's requested. It's all the underworld stuff going on, yep. right? Yep. Um, but it's interesting they
1: didn't reveal if they'd had ransomware demands for it or anything like that. And there's and there's no uh um hack group that has stood up and said, yeah, that was us. So we, I'm. Um, I wonder whether the, maybe this is a potentially a state-based
0: attack. Mm. Oh, yeah, maybe. Or I, I'm kind of thinking, like I mentioned, maybe an underworld thing, right? Where some some kingpin said, "Look, there's a court case going on. I could be implicated. I need someone to get in there and get the recordings. Here's, you know, mm. hundred grand, million bucks, whatever. Go and get it for me. I'll yeah. pay for the data. Yeah, and then they got the inside information. Yep." Um, that's kind of where I'm thinking that's going. Yeah. Um, it may not be anyone in Australia. Uh, it probably isn't, right? It's still foreign, foreign, uh, you know, um, foreign actors. That, oh yeah. Uh, could could be funded by someone in Australia. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh,
1: it's in, one of the bits that sort of caught my attention in this article was the claim here that, uh, and I'll read the paragraph verbatim because it's yeah, state sponsored cyber groups and hackers have stepped up their assault on Australia's critical infrastructure, businesses and homes a government report released in November 2020, 2023 showed, evidently that's not verbatim um, with one attack <laughs> happening every six minutes that's, that's mm. an awful frequent
0: attack rate mm. and, and yeah. quite possibly a little bit uh, scary but they'd be at all levels, right? Yeah. I mean there'd be, you know, some it doesn't say whether they're successful attacks. No, that's no, no. The no. Thing, but right? but so. I mean
1: at least there's an attack let's go well, let's call it an attempted attack every six minutes of the day. Mm. You've got on something. Yeah. You, you've got ten every hour. Mm. That's that's a fairly frequent uh occurrence. It's not a yep. oh this this customer's been attacked four times in the last twelve months. It's no the there is a everybody. Yeah, it's every, It's yeah. targeting everybody.
0: You know this. This is probably a global phenomena. I mm. mean, we're we're just seeing it from the Australian point of view. But if there are attackers attacking Australia at that rate, you bet you they're attacking other countries at the oh, same 100%. rate as well. Yeah, right. We're all using the same devices. We're all using the same edge nodes and the same Google clouds and the same AWSs. Um, right, just.
1: Yeah, it's just something that's happened. I've had it everywhere. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Let's. Uh, and I suppose that that sort of leads into the next story, which is which is all about an attack on a very prominent organisation.
0: Mm, yes, uh, Google-owned cybersecurity firm Mandiant targeted an X account takeover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and guess what they did with it? They used it to sell crypto scams. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> yep, that's right. But uh, yeah, so they actually had. Uh, The man lost control of the X account. And here's the kicker, which had two-factor authentication enabled.
0: Yeah. How
1: did they get in? Because now you've got to have the username, the password, and the 2FA device.
0: Right. What mechanisms can you use on on X for 2FA? Uh, SMS, from what I understand,
1: and um, like your Authy and Google Authenticator type things. Right. So let's assume then that it's it's using, or maybe it's gone in through a backdoor. Maybe it's gone in through something like the Bitwarden breach.
0: Right. So I'm just having a quick look here on the X X because I I really use Twitter, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, SMS is the primary uh, MFA. Now we know that's susceptible, right? You hmm. can you can fake sw- fake and swap sims, right? So potentially, if you wanted to get into something, you can do that. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: But it's better than nothing, right? Well, that's right. That's that's the idea behind it. Um, I mean, if they were using email for 2FA, you could imagine how they could get access to an email box. Uh, but something like um, Google Authenticator would be a bit more challenging.
1: It would be. But, I mean, you can do – so. so one of the things that I do is put the 2FA into Bitwarden, which – I know is probably not a great idea, but my wife needs access to them too. Um, mm-hmm. And so, username, password, and our authenticator codes are all in there. Mm-hmm. So, if you can backdoor into that, which there there was a a breach late last year that, that showed that you could, um, it's plausible that you could get the 2FA code out of that and um, and log straight in.
0: Yeah. And like, it's a Twitter account, right? Mm-hmm. So who really care like yeah. you wouldn't have the same level of security on a on a Twitter account as you, as you would on your core switches and your core infrastructure right no but yeah so that's
1: uh, that's the Mandiant X takeover
0: Mandiant X takeover all right and then uh, moving on with some more Google security news Google says um, it fits, fixed a significant security flaw um, Google Google Cloud has patched a vulnerability that may have allowed malicious actors with access to Kubernetes clusters to elevate their privileges and wreak havoc.
1: Yeah. This one, this one's a big one because it's uh, an, an attacker who compromised the fluent bitlogger uh, container could com- combine the access with high privileges required by Anthos Service Mesh on clusters that have it enabled to escalate privileges within the cluster. So for those mm. who don't know, if you're on a pod in a cluster and you can get access with uh, privileged account to the cluster itself, you can get onto any other pod
0: in the cluster. So, that's a big one. We don't want that. No, definitely not. No. Uh, I'll link the article in the show note. It tells you uh, which versions of GKE uh, the fixes are available for. Mm -hmm. All right, should we get on with the AI wars? (laughs) Let's do it, AI wars. Just the one article for the AI wars this week. Uh, we went looking for AI stories, and there's not much. It's, it's quiet. It's, yeah, it's all
1: quiet. Every like AI's AI gone on holidays. Uh, that extended <laughs> holiday break for AI because you know, AI never sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, it did its work last year. They don't need any more time. <laughs>
0: That's it. Uh, so we'll, we'll link this article in the show notes. The Google Cloud Applied AI Summit. Um, now the link you gave me and was uh, the fourteenth of December, so that one's passed. Yep. Um, and for whatever reason, when I go to watch one of those, it says the registration's closed. But um, I was I was given another link by a good friend of the show, uh, Trent, um, and he he said, "Look, you, you want you won't want to try this out?" And uh, it's the um, APAC Applied ML Summit. Ah. uh which is which which is just a, a tangential to it uh and you can go um you can go and register for that one now Google Cloud AI applied summit which is uh for the, for APAC which is happening on the 25th of January yep uh AEDT so it's Australia friendly time uh I've registered for that this is the one I will link in the show notes uh what do we got happening there we've got uh the Google Cloud Toolkit for Gen AI, uh, build LLM-powered apps with embedding vector search and RAG. Um, you know, I'm trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about here. <laughs> Model evaluation with the LLM Ops era. Um, looks like some good stuff there. Look, I might try and capture one or oh, two of those.
1: Customizing and deploying Llama 2 on Vertex AI. There you we go. Like the llamas. There you
0: go. Yeah, we, we, we've talked all about that on the show. Yeah. Um, prompt management for production generative AI applications interesting
1: yeah yeah there's a lot of um, there's a lot of really cool looking uh, talks and sessions that you can go to on this uh, I was looking at the US one but um, yeah I haven't actually watched any of them I, I suffered the same problem you did
0: but yeah if you if you get along to that now you can register and then you can uh, watch uh, watch the show watch the recordings as they come out later sweet all right. Well, I think that's about it for this week. Yeah. Um, kicking off the new year. It's been fun. It has good, been. Good to get back into it again. Yeah. i got to switch the brain into gears. not really into like... Yeah, it's not quite firing it. ...work gear yet. No, it is not I've, at all. I've,
1: I've spent my entire day bashing through Docker uh, file builds from for complex Docker containers. And so I'm just there uh, getting... It's like switching gears into this and I'm like, oh, yeah. brain's not functioning... <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a matter of just getting back into the rhythm of it now. Yep. Um, but uh, don't worry, we'll be here. We'll be punching out our fortnightly shows for you guys to enjoy. Uh, and while you're at it, don't forget to go to iTunes and write the show a review. it really help the show out. Uh, you can contact the show gcplife at casner.com.au that's the email address for now uh, you can still find us at the old website and of course don't forget today's sponsor is Mantle Group Yeah. at Mantle Group we make your Google Clouds and other cloud solutions possible uh, that's about it for me uh, anything else from you Ian? no mate no. back to Docker containers after this buddy <laughs> back, back to Docker I get, might get back to that rack and throw in a couple more wires and stuff yeah nice <laughs> alright <mate. laughs> All right, I'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. So my three switches are called core, store, and chore. All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, the core switch has got the main stuff hanging off it. Yep. And then the storage switch is the one that connects to the sand. That's like the jumbo frame switch. And then the chore switch, well, that's the Wi-Fi switch because if you don't do your chores, the Wi-Fi gets switched off.
1: Ha! <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's gold. Yeah.